Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. In this podcast, we go through Philip K. Dick stories and novels in roughly the order of publication. Uh, in this episode, we'll be looking at the short story, The Gun. The Gun was published in Planet Stories in September of 1952. This was the same lurid, uh, according to Philip K. Dick, lurid journal the, uh, magazine that published his first story, Beyond, Beyond Lies the Wub. So let's get right get, without let's get right into this story. Um, the gun is about a spaceship crew that is exploring the dead planet, um, really to exploit its knowledge and resources, um, but gets shot down by an automated gun. A spaceship crew sent to investigate an explosion on another planet seen from Earth confirms that atomic fission did destroy the surface of of the planet. With nothing to discover on the dead planet, the crew desires, desires to return home. The principals of the crew are the captain, the chief na navigator, Doral, the archaeologist Tance, Nasha, and Fulmar. So it's like a five-person crew. Now at the moment of the that preliminary, pre preliminary investigation ends, the ship is struck by an atomic projectile, forcing an emergency landing onto the surface. The crew is stuck on the planet with dwindling and meager supplies. Uh, they cannot leave the planet while the ship is being repaired because the ship will simply fire another projectile at them. While everyone has died on the planet due to some kind of atomic war, these automated weapons seem to have survived. The crew makes a decision that it will begin to explore the surroundings in order to find out what happened to cause the destructive war and to find some supplies that will allow them to survive until they can figure out what to do and, and repair the ship. Nasha, Nasha, Tance, and Doral begin exploring the area and talk about the chain of command. Since the captain is injured and about to die, there's a little bit of conflict over who's going to take over the, the expedition after, after he dies. Uh, but no one is very interested in taking over command of this doomed mission. They eventually locate a dead city and deduce that the gun fired from there. And by the way, the descriptions here of this dead city are really quite nice. It's quite striking. Uh, it's not the it's not going to be the last obviously dead city that we're going to see in, in Dick's work. Several of his works are set in post-apocalyptic environments, but this is uh, an early example. They arrive at the dead city and examine the evidence of the former civilization, including a sign identifying the location as Franklin Apartments. I suppose this is a suggestion that they're on Earth. It's the old kind of um, Planet of the Apes canard here. They identify Franklin Apartments. Locating the gun, they're able to confirm that the gun has, has that fired at the, and down their ship is automated. There's no one manning it, so there's no, like, resident population. They're all dead, but the, sh the, the gun is being automated. They discuss what life may be like in a society with automated weaponry. Doral considers that the gun was put there to defend something specific. Um, and he gives the example of dragons in legendary literature who'd be set before a cave or a horde like smog, you know, guarding some precious, valuable thing. So they start to think that maybe the records of the civilization or some kind of important thing is below the gun and that's why it's it's located where it is. The three explorers do discover a vault near the gun containing the records of the civilization carefully carefully preserved. 
The wealth of information in the vault would make another expedition to the planet worthwhile. However, they're not going to be the ones who are going to ex excavate this, not in their current situation. They had previously determined that this dead planet had no value, but now because of this gun and being shot down and having more time to investigate the planet, they realize that, yes, maybe there is something of value in this, in this dead planet. They debate how they'll leave the planet because uh, they have to get back home eventually. The builders of the gun, they also realized, must have been paranoid because they created a gun that would shoot indiscriminately at anything passing by. And this is very much hinted at to be the cause of the destruction of their civilization, automated guns. Um, it reminds us instantly of another later Philip, Day, Philip K. Dick story, um, Autofact, which I think was published about two years later, maybe three years later, which is about a planet that's destroyed by the automated factory. Um, and that's, I think, a much more mature theme, actually. The, the destroying a planet with the automated factory, overproduction, over, overusing of resources, is, I think, more a warning to our time than just being blowing ourselves up. But, you know, we still have that capacity, of course, to do that. But it, it seems the environmental threat of just overproduction and misuse of our environment might be a more acute threat. Anyways, um, Nasha, Tance, and Doral return to the ship, and they learn that the captain has died. The different members of the crew take to destroying the giant gun, um, and they, they have different means to do it. It's a long process, but they're able to finally destroy the gun. And when that's done, they spend the next five days repairing the ship, and they prepare to leave the planet's surface. Nasha and Doral discuss the past of civilization and its decline, but express optimism that they will come back on a new mission to salvage the knowledge of this planet and that they will not have this automated gun to contend with. With the ship repaired, the crew leaves the planet. Now, soon after the explorers leave, small machines, I guess, come out of the earth and begin to repair the automated gun. So that's the story. All right, now we can get into the themes of the gun. Well, the first theme um, is the dead city. And I think tied to this is knowledge from past civilizations, being of something of value, something worthwhile uh, acquiring and accumulating. Um, you know, our first impression, this is just a dead, dead planet that doesn't have any value. It's not until they find that there's still something potential about it with the gun, being shot down by the gun, that they have more time to investigate and they realize that the knowledge is, is preserved. Um, here, by the way, is a description, a little bit of the city. It's described in bits and pieces throughout the, the story. But, quote, there was not much left. The huge concrete pyres which they had noticed were not pyres at all, but the ruined foundations of buildings. They had been baked by the searing heat, baked and charred almost to the ground. Nothing else remained, only this irregular circle of white squares, perhaps four miles in diameter. Doral spat in disgust. More wasted time, a dead skeleton of a city, that's all. It's macabre. Doral muttered. I've seen ruined cities before, but they died of old age, old age and fatigue. This was killed, seared to death. This city didn't die, it was murdered. Um, so we're given two contrasting fates for civilizations. The, the one is to be destroyed, uh, and the other is to just kind of die of old age. Um, but as they dig deeper and they find what this gun that shot them down is protecting, they find the kind of the lost knowledge of the civilization. 
And one of the characters makes this interesting point. Actually, it's Doral again. He says, odd. Even at the end, even after they had begun to fight, they still knew somewhere down inside them that their real treasure was this, their books and pictures, their myths. Even after their big cities and buildings and industries were destroyed, they probably hoped to come back and find this after everything else was gone. Um, now, if we take this planet to be Earth, then this is Earth's artwork, its literature, its, its philosophy. These are things that maybe perhaps Philip K. Dick didn't have the heart to destroy, so he put them in. Um, but these people are preparing to plunder them. Now, what's the point of, of guarding one's knowledge with an automated gun? It keeps anyone from accessing it, right? It, it, it somehow preserves knowledge where a place where no one will ever read it. What's the, the value of knowledge that, that no one ever will have access to? Does it exist if it's just preserved? And this is, I think, a question um, perhaps that, that might be something we want to think about in the long-term future. I mean, humanity is not going to be around forever, obviously. Is there any point in preserving our knowledge and our art and our culture? Is there any point in putting that stuff on the Voyager probe to send out to, to, to space besides to make us feel sentimental about our, our achievements? Um, it's a treasure, right? But treasures, I, again, you got the image of the dragon, right? We got smog. The gun is kind of smog over this gold. I mean, what's the point of all this gold that smog is never going to spend? I never really figured that out about the Hobbit. And it's the same thing here. We have a, it's protected. We have the knowledge is preserved, but no one's ever going to have access to it if the gun works as designed. So anyways, that's, that's enough on that. Um, now tied to this is plundering. These explorers are trying to find something useful in these dead civilizations. At first, they find nothing really physically, materially valuable. Later on, they find that there's some valuable knowledge. And their immediate thought is, let's go get it. Let's fix the ship, go back to Earth, prepare another expedition, come back and just grab all their, all their knowledge and stuff and, and get it back. So uh, I guess that answers the question about the preservation of, of knowledge. Uh, you know, it's preserved so someone else can discover it later on. But that's obviously not the intention because the gun repairs itself. Whoever designed that gun wanted it to be perpetual, wanted no one to ever have access to this material. Um, but what are the ethics of plundering dead ancient civilizations? This um, is, of course, a, a very political issue, even in, um, in our own world, when we think of uh, the conflict between anthropologists and archaeologists and Native American communities that want to preserve their, their relics, often under the ground, where people won't ever be able to see them, right? Or we have things like the the Parthenon marbles, you know, which are sitting in a museum in, in Britain. And there's some people who want to have it returned to Greece, returned to the homeland. And there's this ongoing debate whether, you know, the current Greeks are the true descendants of the ancient Greek civilization, and therefore have a right to the marbles. Or should the marbles be actually returned to the Parthenon themselves, to its original setting, not just in a museum in Greece. So these are uh, debates about what is the proper role of antiquities and where should antiquities be kept under the ground or should they be studied and examined. Um, these guys are kind of like the Indiana Jones figure thinking these things should be in the museum or they should be preserved or we should have them, right? If, maybe even for more selfish reasons. Okay, uh, another big theme, and this is a really obvious one, is just automation. This is Philip Dick's first uh, published statement on automation. 
Um, some his like the first story he stole Rook. Uh, the first story he published, Beyond Lies the Wub. These are really wonky stories that are really, in some ways, almost barely science fiction. I mean, they're they're kind of fantasy. Rogue is about the psychological state of a dog, and we'll look at that later on when we get to its order and publication. Of course, he wrote Stability, which has a theme of automation in it, but that wasn't published in um, in his lifetime. So I guess with st- you can go back to my review on Stability, and you can see what I say about automation there. Um, but this is the first time he's published on automation, and it's going to be a big theme of his. To come right to it, Dick does not like it. Dick does not like automation, whether it's automated war, automated production, um, or the automated home. I think he's got a few stories that deal with the automated home. Um, And I'll talk about that when we get to those stories. Automated police investigation and the unreconstructed M. So uh, automated government in Vulcan's Hammer. So there's a lot of concern in Dick's work about automation. He much prefers things to be human skilled, things to be controlled by humans. Right. He doesn't want things to be automated because then it's not controllable. He somehow doesn't believe that humans can program automation to be beneficial to humanity. He thinks it's always going to be contrary to human interest in some level, deceptive, uh, or it will betray their creators and their inventors. Um, in this case, uh, the gun actually works as planned. Um, sh- shoots down invaders, repairs itself, protects the knowledge. Um, but it's heavily suggested that automated war is what killed these people. Doral says at one point, I guess Doral's the main narrator in the story. I didn't notice it before. Um, there must have been hundreds of guns like this. They must have been used to the sight, guns, weapons, uniforms. Probably they accepted it as a natural thing, part of their lives, like eating and sleeping. An institution like the church and state. Men trained to fight, to lead, armies. A regular professional, honored and respected. Quite complex, isn't it? All those veins and tubes. I suppose this is some sort of telescopic sight. Um, and then they investigated a bit more. But the suggestion here is that this automated war just, become, just became a part of their life, something they came to um, accept and embrace without question. Like we do all sorts of different automation. And in the future, perhaps we'll endure much more uh detailed forms of, of automation in our future, whether it's automated work, auto, the automated car, automated delivery, um, you know, or, or maybe, I mean, maybe there's something to this idea of automated government. Um, there's another story called uh, Last of the Masters, which also deals with kind of a robot in charge, the robot governor, the robot king. Anyway, so that's automation. It's this really first statement in print about this, and it's uh, an important theme, one of the most important. Um, we're back to civilization decline as well. Uh, this was introduced in stability. It comes up again here. What causes civilizations to decline? Is it decadence? In stability, it was, it was just decadence and decline. People lose their mental capacities to, to keep up, and then civilization will go back. So the energies have to be in keeping us where we're at. Um, Here, the cause of the decline of the civilization seems not to be a lack of creativity, a lack of artistic expression, um, or decadence in that way. In fact, the people who survived to the end in this world seem to have valued art, at least enough to try to preserve it and protect it. 
here the 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 cause of civilizational decline seems to be pretty obviously technology, and particularly the technology of war. So that gets us to the our fourth or fifth and final theme of the story that I noticed at least, and that is war and paranoia. Dick is is uh, very much anti-war, um, and here is what is said about that. They see the gun, and Doral says it's a machine. A machine that was made to do a job, and it's doing its job. How it survived the blast, I don't know. Or it goes, waiting for the enemy. Probably they have some air, they have to air in some sort of projectile. The enemy, Nasha said, their own race. It's hard to believe that they really bombed themselves, fired at themselves. Well, it's over, except right here, where we're standing. This one gun, still alert, ready to fire. It'll go on until it wears out. Well, that deals with the automation, but a few pages later, you get the conclusion of the crew that these people are just on some level paranoid. Maybe it was caused by the constant war, the violence, destruction of their, of their civilization. But it, Doral, again, Doral says, they've guarded their treasure too well. Instead of being preserved, it will lie here until it rots. It serves them right. Don't you see? This was the only way they knew, building a gun and setting it up to shoot anything that came along. They were so certain that everything was hostile. The enemy coming to take their possessions away from them. Well, they can keep them. Right. Now, of course, they changed their plans. They, they destroyed the gun and they, they planned to come back. So in a sense, they were right that people would come for their stuff. But I'm, I want to go back to this question about what's the use of preserving a civilization's knowledge if, it, if it's not going to be used? Just to put it in a vault, it, it seems rather useless to me. I don't see the point out of maybe some kind of pride, you know, that of what we've accomplished. Um, maybe religious reasons. I mean, that's why often like stuff are buried with kings or pharaohs in the, in the pyramids or whatever. There's a, you know, a desire to put the stuff in the afterlife. That I understand, or the Sutton Hoo treasure in, in England. These things were burial uh, myths. But that's not what's going on here, or, unless it's, you're talking about burying the whole civilization. Um, but I, I'm not quite sure the, the relationship between preservation and, and burial here. Well, um, but obviously, paranoia is a big reason why these characters, these uh, dead, this, the people of this dead city, built this gun to be automated, right? To target those that might be a threat. And that seems to have been the cause of the civilization's destruction in the first place. So there it goes. That's the story, the gun. If you have any opinions about the story, if, if you enjoyed it, uh, please comment you can comment on um right on podbean right on the the site itself or you can you know email me at 100 pagescast at gmail.com uh, please rate subscribe and share this with uh, your your friends i'd love to get more feedback from you know people about this project uh, and we'll be continuing to look at Philip K. Dick stories in the coming weeks. I'm not sure which one is next in the order of publication. It's, it's, it's not the order there are in the collected stories. It's, it's a little bit different. The collected stories arrange them on the order of, of writing. I'm going to focus on the order of publication instead. Um, I think it's a little movement or something like that. But um, we will, uh, another story will be up in a, in a little while. No, wait, it'll be the skull. The skull is the next story. But anyways, uh, I'll see you then. Oh, and if you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my 100 Pages project, which is on the same website, uh, although there's a different episode counter for, for that series. 
uh, there I look at American writers um, and, you know, about 100 pages at a time. You know, each episode covers about 100 pages of text from the Library of America. That's my main thread. This is a, this Phil Kiddick book club is a side project. Oh, thanks again for listening. Succeeded in making me.